They made a choice driven by their hurt to discard. And Joseph made a choice driven by his hurt to reconcile. And so again, here we are at the intersection. You know, choose this day whom you will serve. For all of us who who claim Jesus as the Lord of our life, we get to choose. Some days we make bad choices. We, you, I, me, we found something bigger than our hurt in God. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm Melissa Rao, your host, and this is a conversation inspired by Four Faith, a weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. What's up, Bishop? Good morning. Good morning. This week's devotion, you named family. And I'm just going to point it out. You say, how's your family doing? Yeah. We don't, we don't typically say, oh, our family is X. Oftentimes, you just say fine. Fine. The biggest lie ever told. <laughs> fine. Fine. This is this is a devotion set uh, based off of Genesis 37, which is, of course, is is the Joseph story where his jealous brothers throw him into slavery, right? Yeah. Well, throw him into a pit first, right, yeah. and then he's sold into slavery. Um, Bishop, family matters. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> and yet, it's it's one of I think the primary causes of concern or conflict or or whatnot and so you're really highlighting um god's way of intervening and reversing some of the crap that humans do to one another what i hope i'm doing here is using this wonderful story this time-tested story about joseph uh the, the the great dream interpreter uh the guy who gets uh the hebrew people um, down into Egypt um, and excels uh, through faith and excellence. I want to tell that story through the lens of, of family. And I want to just acknowledge what the story acknowledges is that over time, God can use uh, the worst things we've endured in family and the worst things we've inflicted in family. Um, you know, if, it, if it's not for um, a dysfunctional family system and preferential treatment to one child over other children. Um, Joseph never gets to Israel. If he never gets to Israel, um, that there's never Hebrew slavery. If there's never Hebrew slavery, there's never the Exodus. Uh, if there's never the Exodus, there's never what we understand formally as the Jewish people. If there's never that, uh, and you just continue to go down the logic. So, so, you know, God doesn't cause everything, but God can use everything. And this is why we believe in providence. And this is what gives us our Christian hope is, is that no matter how dire the circumstances are, somehow God can use whatever we are faced with. Now, here's the better part and the part that comes real close. Uh, some of that material that God wants to use, will use, can use is lives at your address, <laughs> right? And it's your real family stuff. It's family of origin stuff. It's the stuff that we pass on unwittingly, consciously or unconsciously. It's it's the stuff that we have suffered through. 
Um, it's the stuff. It's the stuff that we're talking about with the therapists. God can use all of that, and in this story, God uses it not only to make a blessing, but to make a miracle. Yeah, and it happens at I think the basis, uh, uh, the basis relationships that we have. That yeah, like, the human family is often the source of shame, and our family systems are often the things that will bless us and curse us. <laughs> I'm being very hyperbolic right no, now. Well, no, no, it's the, there's no doubt about it. A little bit I know as a pastor over many years is that's exactly right. Well, I'm struck by the fact that we expect these miracles to happen in broader communities, and yet sometimes we can't even get our base family stuff right. Well, I mean, what I love about about this story uh, is is that it invites us to think about. Um, how God is at work and how can we assist God in this work? Mm. Right. So, so, you know, God is not microwave popcorn. God is not magic. God has decided to be the kind of God who wants partnership from us. And so while we've endured or have inflicted whatever we've done, you know, the good news of following Jesus is, is that we're given practices and behaviors and changes to make repentance to make so that we can begin to work with God to sort of move from where we are to where we sort of need to be. That increases healing, that increases the uh, affirmation of the dignity of people. I mean, think about it. I mean, uh, we're talking about mom and we're talking about dad here. We're talking about sibling stuff here. You know, uh, as uh, Judy Fentress uh, Williams, a great Old Testament scholar who's at Virginia Seminary has said on this podcast, that the Bible is just really 66 books of family stuff, right? And and uh, whether we're talking about extended family in congregations that Paul has to deal with, Apostle Paul has to deal with, or whether we're talking about family stuff like what we're talking about here today in Genesis 37, it, it is, it is um, what we do to each other um, and how we can try to transform our relationships. Um, and, and that is where the work is. And interestingly enough, um, and we all have to hear this, especially in the church. You, you can't go uh, to church on Sunday and sing and shout and, and clap and dance and, and, and cry those little holy tears that we cry and then come home and raise hell. Uh, <laughs> you, you cannot do that. The, the, the first crucible for the work is at the house. And we all miss the mark. I know I do. We all miss the mark. Uh, and, uh, and, and we've just got to confess that. And then invite God into it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the first folks we should be praying for are family. And particularly those family members uh, that, um, that we have strained relationships with, that we find difficult to love. Look, I, I don't believe in a kumbaya God, but I do believe in what St. Paul says, which is as much as is possible, live peaceably with one another, right? As much as it relies on you. So, what is my agency? What is my part of the mess? You know, I used to, uh, when I was a, a, a pastor of a congregation, I used to sometimes sit down with folks who were going to be married. And sometimes those folks would, uh, it would be their second marriage they were, they were getting ready to embark on. And I think one of the most important questions to ask folks is, is that, so what was your part uh, in the demise of your former marriage? Right. Have you are you being reflective or if you're not, you're just going to carry that stuff over into the new thing. And I've 
I've, I've seen people get married two and three times, even more. And, you know, the only common denominator in, in all of those relationships is, the, is that person. And so, so we carry stuff. We carry stuff around. And, and so, you know, we've got we've to pay attention uh, to some of the stuff we've inherited. And we've got to make, I think, one of the best decisions we can make, which is we've got to, as much as we can, uh, stop some of the stuff from going forward. Yeah. Well, I love this sentence. Um, it's also a record of God using the wounds we've endured or inflicted to make a blessing, even a miracle. Yeah. And so it's it's God's response to us being, you know, imperfect, and yet God uses that imperfection and makes makes incredible things. I uh, just watched a movie called Miracle. It's my middle kids. She's just turned 19. It's her very favorite movie because it's about the the, uh, U.S. Olympic, the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team that beat Russia uh, for the, uh, they ended up taking the gold and it had been 20 years. And so it was miracle. But in the movie clips, they had a lot of like what was going on in the world. And I was listening to President Carter talk about hope and how society had lost hope and that for the first time in forever that people weren't as hopeful in the next 5 years they they didn't see that the next 5 years would be better it was the first time that they said no in the next 5 years it's going to be worse and it was crazy cuz i was listening to it and it's like oh my gosh this speech would be perfect for now yeah and so I'm curious about the miracles and the blessings and the everyday things that maybe we're not seeing for such a time as this. Any insight on that? Well, I think one of the one of the the, the miracles that happens very softly in us, especially when we face circumstances that we have no control over, circumstances that seem, you know, irretrievably broken. That's the language we use on divorce decrees. Right. Uh, I think the soft miracle is realizing, you know, in these challenges that we can't fix it ourselves. Uh, you know, that's a that's a you know, so sometimes the, the, the problem, the, the wound, um, uh, the family of origin issue is can be a gift if it drives you to the humility uh, where you have to ask God for help. So in other words, if the problem is big enough where you have to now acknowledge your reliance on God, you're on your way to a miracle. You're on your way to a transformation. I think some of us are, are very successful and very able, bright and accomplished, and, and we uh, somehow have arenas of our life where we don't need God. But there's nothing like broken family systems. Um, that can can uh, help even the most able of us to realize that we can't just will it into being, that that something has got to change deeply. And I, I think if you take that idea and you push it out across uh, congregations, if you push it out across businesses, if you push it out across counties and cities and states and even our nation, there you are. I think, uh, you know, look at the divisiveness that we, that we see in the world and, and now and even historically. It's interesting that we're all family, isn't it? Um, the, the, uh, the Jews and the Palestinians, they are family. 
right? Uh, long ago in Africa, you know, the, the Hutus and the Tutsis, you know, and that terrible genocide in Rwanda, family, interrelated, ma- married into families, you know, um, having children together and so on and so on. And here we are now in this American family, right? Uh, pulling each other apart, right? And so, uh, you know, I heard a wonderful um, address given by Pastor Andy Stanley to the Georgia legislature. And he said that, you know, he said that uh, basically disagreement is human and logical and understandable, but division is a choice. And, and I, I think this is one of the reasons why Jesus invites us to pray for enemy, right? So you can fend off um, this temptation uh, to division. Disagreement? Hell yeah, right? Strong ideas about ways we should go forward. Strong ideas about what, what has happened. But the truth of the matter is we belong to each other. Um, and, you know, I think this is what we get to see in this family situation, right? That's in Genesis 37. Is it, isn't it interesting that if you go through the many chapters, and by the way, this takes a lot of time, this healing process, right? And what's amazing is, is that somehow Joseph keeps the lamp of his heart lit for the very family members who threw him into a pit, who discarded him, right? And so he is the person, the, the hurt person, we have to learn from the story, the hurt person, right? Which is, is, which is real hard to say, right? And even harder to practice, but it's the hurt person who keeps alive the idea of family and reconciliation. And he's the guy who makes an initiative uh, to do some healing way later in the story. And so, you know, this is, this is the, the messy business of following Jesus, that nobody gets to, to sort of uh, take their prideful ball and walk off the court. That we're supposed to stay on the playing field with each other despite the injury. Despite the injury, right? I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking. So please don't, don't, don't hear me say that. But even that, Jesus makes room for them. There are no enemies. Hi, listeners. Thank you for listening to Four People a space of digital evangelism. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to four people. Well, okay. So there's a lot to unpack there. I <laughs> love the Andy Stanley, Andy Stanley quote that, you know, um, it, it's a choice. Right, it's division a is a choice yeah. because you you did say something like it's the hurt person who x x x, and I'm thinking yes, and his brothers were also hurt, right? And and we know the phrase hurt people hurt people, and yet it was Joseph who was hurt by the brothers who were also hurt by the favoritism of the dad, right? right. Everybody's hurt here, and yet it was the choices that Joseph made. To make room for forgiveness. Well, isn't that that's that's so perfect? I mean, they made a they made a choice uh, driven by their hurt, right, right? To discard, and Joseph made a choice, uh, you know, driven by his hurt to uh, reconcile, right? And so again, here we are at the intersection. You know, choose this day whom you will serve, right? And so for all of us who who claim Jesus as the Lord of our life. 
you know, we get to choose. Some days we make bad choices, right? But the choice for us is to be, we found something bigger in God, I guess is what we want to say. We, you, I, me, we found something bigger than our hurt in God. And that's the, that's the jet fuel that drives us to be able to try to do reconciliation, right? Though the hurts are real, the pain is legitimate, all of it is stinging, all of it just, it, it throws the most logical people for a loop. And still, what we say is we found some, and this is why the cross, the cross of Jesus is so important, because all the things that have been done to me pale in comparison, are not worthy to be compared to the pain endured by Jesus Christ. And what is his first work upon being resurrected? It is to go to the people, right, who did not find it within themselves to be able to stand beside him on his day, right? Uh, so he goes, so we, we have a model. And so again, no shame, no guilt, no arm twisting, no browbeating, but uh, boys and girls, brothers and sisters, them is the facts, as they say, right? And so we get to decide. I mean, do we want to work with the, with the sort of healing practices that Jesus himself implemented and that we find littered through the Hebrew scripture, scriptures? Or do we want to try, you know, ourselves and, and build walls around our hearts and then ultimately imprison ourselves? In prison, yes, because that's what holding on to anger and bitterness and resentment is. It's a prison that we get like trapped in, and it's because we're not making room for God. We're not making room for that reversal, is what you say, right? And it, you know, it's 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 extraordinary. I I knew a woman uh, who who ended up becoming a, a a pretty amazing judge here in Atlanta. And she tells this story all the time, and it, it just blows your mind. So she is the child of rape, right? So uh, her her father uh, raped her mother. They were not married. It was a man who just who raped the mother, and and uh, and the mother uh, had it within her heart uh, to choose to give birth to the child and raise the child uh, with love, and and. Uh, this judge will tell you that uh, encountering that kind of love in her mother, right, uh, uh, changed her understanding of what is possible when the worst things happen to us. And and this woman has has gone on to become a significant a jurist uh, and just all around wonderful person in this community. And yet, those were the beginnings. Yeah. I mean, have you ever read many of these stories and wondered what would have happened had it not ended this way? Like what could have happened if if Joseph died? <laughs> like yeah. let's just let's just say that Joseph died of the pit or 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 Joseph was sold into slavery and didn't have that thing. Like have you ever thought about how things could have been way worse? had they not been. And so I don't know that the whole choice thing, Bishop is really resonating with me right now. You know, and it, it's so hard. And, you know, you know, whenever we start to talk like this, you know, uh, people always look for, but the, but, but, you know, the butts, but, 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 and I, and I get the butts and, you know, <laughs> I get it. And, and, and yet, and yet I think our job as, as, as followers of Jesus is not to submit to God 
what we understand as the floor height, uh, but to but to but to acquiesce to Jesus's floor height. I mean, he's the Lord and pioneer of the faith, not us. And so, you know, we are always in this perpetual tug of war, trying to bring Jesus down to our level of understanding, where Jesus is trying to do something else. He's trying to invite us up into this 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 faithful atmosphere, which is beyond our imagination. And it's in that place, it's in that place where stuff really happens. I mean, again and again, the scriptures tell us that that when people decenter themselves and center God, extraordinary things can happen. And you know, now you know this woman, the fact that she was able to accommodate for this tragic thing and find it within herself, probably not find it within herself, probably not overnight, uh, a, a love that could earnestly welcome this child and give this child everything this child needed to flourish is extraordinary. And we would have given this woman permission to perhaps abort this child or or any other sort of thing. And yet it's extraordinary what happens when people of faith go deep. You know, they, they don't, when they get to the very bottom, I think I want to say, when they get to the very bottom of life and family circumstances, we don't break, we bounce. And I believe that is available to us through the example of Jesus Christ and all the men and women who have tried to live their lives for him. So Joseph ends up being sort of a wonderful billboard for us. Now, we have to say, because truth, you know, we need to be you know, truthful in advertising, this does not happen overnight. It, time passes so much in this story that Joseph is barely recognizable to his brothers. So, you know, maybe on another podcast, we could talk about faith over time. But I, I think that's what, that's what kills so many of us, is, is that we have to try to do love and do kindness, and that's stretched out over time, right? And so we end up uh, giving in to despair because mm-hmm. we don't see immediate results. <sighs> Well, Bishop, how's your family doing? <laughs> well, we are ripe for a reversal over here. Let me tell you that. Amen. Uh, we are ripe for a reversal. And so I don't, you know, I don't like to tell the biggest lie ever told in the church every Sunday, which is how y'all doing? Fine. Uh, because I have found as a pastor and as a father and as a husband, not really many of us are fine. But what we all are in need of uh, is a reversal. And it's the only kind of reversal uh, the kind of reversal that only God uh, can inaugurate. Amen. Bishop, thank you. And listeners, thank you for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.